You're listening to the Reynolds Hotbox. 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 The Reynolds Hotbox. Welcome to the Reynolds Hotbox. This is the Wolfpack Sports Desk. I'm your host, Sam Berg, and today I am joined by my co-host, Amanda Duran. Hello, hello. Jay Klinger. What's up, guys? Jack Sabin. Yo. And a new host of the show, Ember Braun. Hi. And we're back. It's been a couple of weeks. We were been meaning to record an episode, but it's been very snowy here in Reno, and school's been canceled. But we're finally back. The snow is gone, and we're happy to be back. Uh, so today there's a lot to cover, but more specifically about the basketball seasons. Both of them are wrapping up and getting ready for playoffs. So um, before we give you some previews, I just want to go over a couple of the games with everyone here. And more specifically about the men's, because they've, you know, they've had an incredible season so far, but they've suffered two huge losses recently, starting off with a loss on Monday the 27th against a pretty bad Wyoming team, and they lost by nearly double digits. So I want to turn it over to you, Jack. Tell me what went wrong for the team and why a, a team well above 500 could lose to a team well below 500. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of like, it's just the old adage with college basketball where, you know, anything can happen on any given day. You know, Wyoming was only a 8-20 and 20 team. We're not good by any means. Nevada was a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. So all the signs were pointing towards Nevada winning this game. But, you know, credit to Wyoming. They came out and were just hot shooting the basketball, you know, shooting almost 50% from the field, shot 43, almost 44% from the three-point line. And they just kind of got hot, and the Wolfpack just didn't really seem to have an answer. We won the turnover battle 17 to, 17 to 9, which is it's usually rare that the better team loses while also winning the turnover battle. But again, you know, Wyoming just kind of had one of those rare nights for them where everybody was making shots, and Nevada just couldn't seem to keep up. The offense was just kind of lackadaisical at times and was really inconsistent. And I think I think they just kind of took too long to kick it into gear. They were kind of, I think, maybe overlooking this Wyoming team a little bit too much. And then by the time they realized that they needed to actually start playing to win this game, it was a little bit too late and Wyoming was just too hot. Definite, there definitely could have been an overconfidence going into that game. You know, you look at the records and Wolfpack, like you said, was favored very much, even on the road and in a you know, probably a condition where they weren't su- super used to it. They still probably felt super confident with their team, and, you know, it kind of showed that maybe they weren't as prepared as they could have been. We're looking ahead a bit too much, I think, some yeah, other games. Yeah, definitely. So I want to turn it over to you, Jake. Um, we obviously know what happened in the game afterwards, but after that loss against a team like Wyoming, what should have been the takeaways uh, for the Wolfpack heading into their next match? I think there needs to be, a f- like... There needs to be some help from this bench. There were two points in total from this bench the entire game. That is not going to win you a lot of games. You know, you had an amazing game from Trey Coleman, who I think he averages like five or six points a game. And for him to drop 22 points and then still lose is crazy. You know, and I think I think also the defense was an issue. Of course, they forced 17 turnovers, but then they gave up. 25 to Hunter Maldonado, who destroyed them, almost get almost almost put up a triple double, and Jeremiah Odin, who at the end of the game he he like windmill dunked to finish it off, you know, just complete disrespect <laughs> to our defense, 
So we need better defense and we need uh, some bench production because, you know, the starting five, they need a break sometimes and you need some help. So Yeah, I mean, that's why they call – they give an award to the sixth man of the year because that's how important, you know, that – those extra guys are and you know those five can only carry you so far we saw it uh, a couple weeks ago where you had one guy trying to carry the entire team and will baker and then obviously they uh, weren't able to pull that one out either so that brings us to saturday's game which was probably and i wouldn't say probably i would say definitely their most important game of the year against their arch rival in unlv and i it was a fantastic game. Anyone who went to the game, it was just back and forth the entire game. They even started out, I believe, 13-0. and UNLV just got off to a crazy hot start. They were able to bring it back, went to overtime, and they ended up losing. Two losses in a row, and especially uh, to, a school, to a rival school like UNLV, that's not a game you want to lose. So I want to send it to you, Amanda. This was a must-win game, and once again... Literally and figuratively, they dropped the ball. So what what were some of the bigger issues that you saw on Saturday on why they couldn't have pulled out a victory against a team they should have beaten? You know, that's a good question. Um, I think, so the final score of the game, 69 to 67. And, you know, UNLV, we want to beat them. You know, they're in-state rivals. They unfortunately took back the uh, the Fremont Cannon in football. So, you know, we wanted, we wanted some sort of win over them, and we haven't gotten it this year, it seems. Um and Nevada had every chance. I mean, early in the game, there was a Nevada, or not a, there was a UNLV player who um, got a flagrant foul and was uh, ejected from the game for an apparent headbutt to one of our players. Yeah, it was weird. Apparent headbutt. I didn't catch it, but that was what the official uh, report was. I was and on then, the court and I didn't even see that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was in the control room. We like we were we were questioning what it was at first, and then we heard later from the officials it was an apparent headbutt. It's quite weird. And then later in the game, Elijah Harkis, who was a UNLV player and, you know, was highlighted by us as, like, one of their best players, fouled out, so angry and upset with himself. He ripped his jersey in two. It so. was an incredibly entertaining thing to watch because I will I will just say about Harkless, who played in a phenomenal game, was definitely player of the game for UNLV. He he was talk, talking mess to our fans. He I remember I was sitting next to the cheerleaders, they were giving them crap the whole game. It was just so fun. Whenever there's that dynamic between players and fans, it just gets everyone super hyped up and just to see that. But, you know, obviously it's fun. Obviously it's more fun if you're winning. So it's not obviously what you want to see. So I want to turn it over to you, Ember. You know, first time on the show, this is this is exciting. <laughs> so yes. after these two losses, you know, as fans, we're definitely bummed. You know, you want to see your team take the win. But how how do you think it is in the clubhouse? You know, obviously they can't be feeling too good, right? Definitely. Um, I think even as a casual fan, even I can understand that losing two has got to be really bad for morale. But, you know, there's no use in being down. I think you got to just keep pushing and especially students on campus like to – uh, talk crap about the team, but I think they could use some support from us. So we got to give them that. Absolutely. I mean, I can't can't agree more. You can obviously acknowledge, you know, shortcomings happen, but, you know, it's time to rally, especially with big tournaments coming up. It's time to go. And, you know, they've shown they can do it before and against really big teams and other teams that they're going to be facing uh, in the later stages of the tournament. So 
hopefully hopefully they can rally and you know us as fans we're going to be cheering them on regardless and with that we're going to take a quick break to get a word from our sponsor but when we come back we're going to be previewing the march madness and mountain west conference tournaments and what are the Wolfpack's odds shaping out to be we'll be right back don't go anywhere welcome hello we are the reynolds media lab media lab podcast client services special projects documentaries we are a production center at, at the, the Reynolds, Reynolds School of, of Journalism. Journalism. The Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Media Lab. Welcome back. You are listening to the Wolfpack Sports Desk for the Reynolds Hotbox. I'm your host, Sam Berg, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Amanda Duran, Jake Klinger, Jack Sabin, and the debut of Ember Braun. And in the first half of the show, we were talking about the last couple of losses for the Wolfpack. But now we want to transition to, you know, the tournaments coming up and... Uh, before we get to that, I want to briefly cover the women's tournament as they, uh, in the Mountain West tournament. They started out as the 8th seed, and their first game was against the 9th seed in Fresno State, and they ended up taking the dub, 65-53, and they advanced to play the number 1 seed, UNLV. But unfortunately, just like the men's team, they kind of fell on their face, losing 47-84, to ugly, ugly loss and they got eliminated from the tournament. But I want to transition now to the men's team because I think that is where most of the vested interest is in. So I want to go first to you, Amanda, going into their first matchup. They are the number four seed in their matches uh, Thursday in Las Vegas. So tell me about this game coming up. Right, so Nevada is lucky enough to advance straight to the quarterfinals where they'll be playing the number five seed, San Jose State. So number four seed, number five seed, uh, based on how they finished in conference play during the regular season here at the university, well, at the university and in the uh, Mountain West tournament. Um, San Jose State, I mean, they're a good team. You know, they finished right below us. But uh, UNR definitely has uh, a little bit of a handle over them, I think. Uh, in our first game against them this year, we played at San Jose. We beat them 67-40. to 40. And then later in the year, uh, San Jose came to uh, Reno, and we once again beat them 66-51. to 51. So I think it'll be a good matchup. It'll be a good way for, hopefully, for UNR to get back on their feet after these two losses to really regain some ground and say, and say like, no, these two losses aren't a sign of us you know, going downhill. We just happen to have two bad games, but we're still here and ready to play. Absolutely. And so, Ember, tell, tell me about how important it is for the Wolfpack to get far in this bracket and then kind of preview for us what are some possible teams that they could be running into uh, if they're able to take the win against uh, San Jose. Well, just from what I'm seeing, it seems like Nevada might be playing against SDSU, but I guess we'll see about that. But it seems like they'll be playing in the Las Vegas uh, center. Is that right? I believe so, yeah. Okay, yeah. so they each lost at the other's home, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, does having, I guess for someone that doesn't really know much about basketball, uh, playing at another um, team's home, does that really affect how they play, their performance at all? I think for specifically the Wolfpack is going to have kind of an effect because we're a team that's been so dominant at home. I think, what, that UNLV loss was our first loss at home, right? The yeah. one and only. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was our only loss at home. So we've definitely been a team that has thrived off the home court. So I feel like that could definitely be a factor in how the team plays and not having as much of the home court advantage as they had throughout the season. 
Yeah, absolutely. I I I think you hit it right on the head. Where for the Wolfpack, they were you know, but aside from the UNLV game on Saturday, they were undefeated at home. Having you know the home turf, a familiar court, you know your own fans. That's definitely huge implications. And where they took the majority of their losses was on the road. And theoretically, they are the home team for this matchup, but they are not at home. They're they're in Vegas. They're not in Reno. So they, yeah, I think that's a a huge factor, and hope you know hopefully it doesn't you know have too much implication on it. But I think that is definitely a factor. You know they're used to playing at Lawler, and they are not playing at Lawler even though they're the home team. So you know hopefully they're able to pull off some magic, even though they're the home away from home. I guess is the right way to phrase it. But yeah. Uh, I want to turn it over to you, Jake. So based on uh, those matchups, where do you see the Wolfpack kind of ending up in the Mountain West Conference, and what implications does that have for the March Madness that happens afterwards? So I think, first of all, we should discuss the possibility of them actually winning the Mountain West because all they have to do is beat San Jose, as we talked about, which they've done before, and they'll play San Diego State, who they've also beat before, and then next thing you know, they're in the finals. But as of now... Just looking on ESPN's uh, article, or yeah, their article by Joe Lenardi, who's their expert, they have Nevada on the bubble as one of the last four teams in where they'll have to play Rutgers. And they beat Rutgers, then they're in the East the East Division, or conference, I don't, not conference, but section of the uh, bracket, and then they'll be playing Creighton. So, you know, the, how they do in this Mountain West tournament is very important to see how they um, where where they land in this in the March Madness tournament. So the better they do in this turn in the Mountain West, the better they do or the better placing they have in the March Madness. For sure. And so Jack, uh, with that sort of uh, you know scenario where they end up you know beating everyone, they win Mountain West. Where do you think that sets them up in the March Madness, and then maybe? In a quote-unquote dream scenario, what what does that mean for them in March Madness, and how far could that possibly take them? Yeah, so right now, you know, Jade obviously just mentioned that right now they, the Lenardi bracket has us as the last four in. I've been looking at a couple other like CBS brackets. Some of them have us as an 11 seed right now, and I think it just kind of goes to show how much stuff can change in just a short week. You know, last time we did this show, we were talking about how UNR could have been, you know, uh, anywhere from like a seven to nine seed. And now all of a sudden, you know, we're getting, we're kind of like having to play for our life here in this tournament. You know, if we get we lose in this first round, we could find ourselves very well not even in the tournament. So I think a really strong showing in the tournament where you win at least I think at the very least you have to win beat the first two. If you beat SDSU, that would be a really quality win. But I think right now we probably won't you and our probably won't find themselves higher than a ten seed. Which you know the the ten seven matchup is never a horrible one. You're not usually too big of an underdog, so we still don't know exactly who that would you know put us up against because there's still a lot of stuff that can change with tournament play still to go. But yeah, I think this Mountain West tournament became a lot more important than it was you know two losses ago, and that's just kind of how college basketball works. You know, you know stuff changes very rapidly, very quickly. But they need a strong showing in this Mountain West tournament, though. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, like like you said, if it wasn't for these past two losses, they would be sitting very comfortably in the tournament. But 
as you said, now they're fighting for their lives and there's a lot that needs to go right in order for them to make it far. But, you know, they showed throughout the, you look at the entirety of the season, they had great showings. They had a ton of stretches where uh, they were, you know, arguably one of the best teams in the country. So they're able to like recapture that magic and uh, sort of get a full team going. I think they'll be right back in it. I'm not too worried, you know, obviously losing two in a row and especially um, Saturday's loss to UNLV, that's one that you really want back. But um, you look at what they did before and I'm not too worried about it, but I think it, it is a great point to bring up. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully everything works out in both the Mountain West and then that works out better for March Madness. And with that, that's where we'll wrap it up today. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to check us out on all of our social media, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, all at the Reynolds Sandbox. And make sure to check us out on all of our podcasts at the Reynolds Hotbox. This has been the Wolfpack Sports Desk. For Amanda Duran, Jake Klinger, Jack Saban, and Amber Braun, I'm Sam Berg signing off. We'll see you guys next time.